into the contest. It's Wednesday the 14th of July. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. Tim Gilbert here, Shane Lee, of course. Shane, you're watching the basketball. We were texting... What about the win? Paddy Mills, they are amazing, the boomers. Mate, forget the rugby. We beat the, the Yanks at basketball, mate. Paddy Mills, unbelievable win. And uh, yeah, how good is that? It's, it bodes well. It's really got me into Olympic fever now, mate. I'm, re- I'm ready to go. Yeah, well, we're ranked three in the world. The Opals, of course, are right up there. So we could see some medals in the basketball for the Olympics. And stay with us on Afternoon Sport. You will not miss a thing with regards to the Tokyo Games, which start next week. And uh, it's going to be an amazing couple of weeks. We also have the State of Origin jersey, of course. Game three is on tonight. Get on. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook. That's Afternoon Sport, and you'll be in the running for a signed State of Origin jersey. Today we have a huge show, a huge show. The voice of English soccer, Martin Tyler. What a legend. He comes in for a chat. We'll also have a chat with the player manager to the stars in the NRL. Hasn't that been a a drama? All of them going to Queensland. Steve Gillis and all things motorsport, John Thompson. Not every day do you have the voice of English soccer on your show, but today on Afternoon Sport, we welcome Martin Tyler. How are you, Martin? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, for a couple of days of finishing off uh, Euro 2020, I always remind myself at this stage that I'm a broadcaster first and foremost and an Englishman second, <laughs> which mm. served me well at Wembley on the, our time on Sunday evenings. So, yeah, it's, it's been um, a wonderful tournament. So I think for England to play a, a major part in it is, of course, uh, a cause for some Satisfaction, you know, they they made history by getting to the final. So, I think that kind of progress should be honoured. But obviously, failing on penalties runs deep as a sore wound here. <laughs> but it yeah. has happened again. <laughs> yeah. So, Martin, it's um, as you said, they should be very, very proud of themselves. They, I thought they played very well throughout the tournament. Um, but what what sort of impact do you think the loss will have on that young group? I don't think too much. Obviously, individually. The ones who fail from the penalty spot might might take a bit of getting over, but they're a resilient bunch. You have to be, as uh, Shane knows, to be a professional sportsman. You know, you really have to be able to um, uh, to cope with the difficulties of it. And, yep. and it's not all uh, sunshine and roses, is it? Uh, yeah. You have to have the pain, I guess, to really appreciate the gain. And they had a lot of gain. I agree. Um, but time will tell. I, I mean, Gareth Southgate has long been forgiven by the nation for missing his penalty in <laughs> yeah. 1996. Yeah, 25 years ago, almost the day. And and I think the only person who hasn't forgiven him is himself. Yep. And I, I hope that maybe they're, particularly Bukayo Saka, at 19 years young, a, a delightful young man, that everybody felt his pain, you know. It's such a torturous way of deciding anything, isn't it? It really is. Now, look, uh, there's been so many different things thrown up, whether or not you take players off every couple of minutes, whether you get rid of penalties or whether you get rid of offsides at the end of, of games. It's difficult, isn't it? I think it's impossible because no one's come up with anything better. Mm. Uh, and they've been going a long time. They did try even a different method of, they called it the ABBA penalty shooter, where one team went A and then BB, the second team went <laughs> two in a row, you know. And that mm. looks as though it might have a, a bit of possibility. But in the end, someone's going to miss. 
And, and unfortunately, in a team game, it will be an individual that costs the result. And that's the hard part about it. And I think team sportsmen are very different to uh, individual sportsmen. We've been listening to Novak Djokovic talk about mm. his pathway. He calls himself a wolf. I, I don't think too many team players <laughs> have that kind of Wolverine uh, ability to get their teeth into the opposition, the situation. So um, it, it is tough, but... It's great drama. I have to say, as a broadcaster, it's it's fantastic. I obviously had the, a semi final as well to um, to go down that particular path. Uh, keeping up with uh, who has to do what when it gets to sudden death is always a, a little bit of a a challenge. But uh, uh, it was quite clear. I thought Jorginho would win it for Italy, and maybe had that happened, we wouldn't probably be touching on this conversation. Um, but Pickford made a brilliant save and seemed to reactivate England's chances, and then a few seconds later, they were gone. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, the Copa America, um, Messi finally got Argentina some silverware, but uh, massive win over Brazil, wasn't it? Amazing. I, I was in Melbourne when I first really tasted the rivalry between mm. Argentina and Brazil. It was the Bicentennial Gold Cup, my still only trip to Australia. Three mm. weeks, um, a wonderful time, except I went from our summer to your winter, mm. and that wasn't too easy to take. <laughs> I can remember watching the Socceroos train, having left the, you know what it's like here in, in June and July, where you get all, all, almost till 10 p.m., you get daylight. Mm. And then suddenly I was peering through the gloom um, with the help of the great late Eddie Thompson trying to work out who the Socceroos were. And it was like, it wasn't quite minus, but it was pretty cold by your standards. And it was yeah. like being in a surreal film. So that I saw in Melbourne, they had fought over the which dressing room they were going to change in, the kickoff time, the whole pathway to the ground and everything that could be disputed was and it was the game was terrible <laughs> it was nil nil <laughs> and for brazil argentina's rivalry to descend in into melbourne seemed a great thing for the organizers uh, but it wasn't <laughs> so for argentina to win it in brazil is a massive achievement and, and great for messi who's entertained us all so royally yes and deserves to have his uh, his winner's medal at last yeah, I remember that game in Melbourne well, I really do. And it was a bit of a bludger of a game. Now, Martin, we have to touch on it. Some of the behaviour, uh, look, and it, it is a, a very, very small percentage of individuals that behave in this manner, whether it be those that storm the gates at Wembley or whether it be some of the elements of racism we've seen on social media. It's, it had been such a wonderful event. We just don't need that. It's despicable, as you say, and I'm glad you said it. If I say it, it probably seems like I'm pushing it under the carpet, which is the last thing I want to do. Mm. But it is a, a mindless minority who just spoil it for everybody else. And the fact that we're talking after wonderful sport for a month, very difficult circumstances, brilliantly organised, uh, to get it all done and get it done with such entertainment and with such great sportsmanship, and this happens at the end of it. <laughs> I don't know what we do about it. I have got a lot of friends who are really, really hurt by it because mm. of their ethnicity, really feeling it as it happened. I think that's the most awful thing I've heard, that when the players stepped up, those who are on the wrong end of this kind of abuse outside of the football world felt that 
that would be levelled at them. The penalties were missed because of nothing to do with ability or great goalkeeping or anything like that because of the issue we're talking about. It's unbelievable. We've worked really hard through the season. You know, the players have been taking the knee, trying to get the points across. Mm. No room for racism. Black Lives Matter. They um, kick it out. They're all the all the initiatives. And you think that I've used every opportunity when the knees have been taken 20 seconds of airtime you know how precious that is yeah. guys and you can send a message and try and support and then after this even even feeling let down myself about it is a ridiculous thing because I'm a very very tiny part of all this but the wish to to try and make society more even no discrimination is mm. huge here and then this happens and we end up having to discuss it it's easy I think to um, to look at the social media situation if somebody did it in the street face to face to somebody else, that person would be, it's a criminal act. That's right. I just don't get it why the social media companies will not give up these people because they must know who they are. And then if people still want to behave like that, they should take the consequences. But because it's hiding behind anonymity, they think they can get away with it. And they are getting away with it. And that's that's dreadful. It's, it's unbelievably despicable. It breaks your heart, to be honest. Yeah, it's, a, it's absolutely coward's castle. There's little question of that. And, um, yeah, they do need to look at it. They, they, well, they close down Donald Trump. They need to look at things like this. Martin Tyler, thank you so much for coming on Afternoon Sport. It's my pleasure. I'm sorry we had to end on that awful negativity. But it it is something that we we have to keep talking about to get people to understand their ignorance and the shame in it. Good on you, man. You're a true legend of the sport, mate. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, the player manager to the stars in the NRL, it is Steve Gillis. Mate versus mate, state versus state. It is on like Donkey Kong tonight. New South Wales versus Queensland. Everyone to do with rugby league pretty much is in Queensland at the moment. We have the manager to the stars, Stephen Gillis, with us right now. How are you, Steve? Hey, g'day, Tim. G'day, Shane. G'day, mate. How are you? So, uh, the third game's the Gold Coast, mate. Three in Queensland. Can the Blues win 3-0? I think we can. Oh, I'd be surprised if they don't, Shane. They've uh, picked another mm. very good side, and the way they play the game, they should be just too too strong. I think they should win by oh, 12, 16 points. It's been a shit fight the last uh, well, year and a half, but particularly the last few weeks. Everyone getting up and going to Queensland. How have all your stable been? It hasn't been any complaints, Tim, and... Um, Surprisingly, a lot of the wives and children are, are queuing up to go with the guys. Obviously, it's very, very difficult for families. But um, I thought a few may have uh, stayed at home for, for work or, or um, child school related reasons. But you know, most of most of our troops are, are packed and ready to go. Steve, um, as a manager, uh, most people would think uh, your job's only to negotiate contracts uh, during the season or towards the end of the season. Um, and secure player security, I suppose, moving forward. But you never get to sleep. Um, you, you were holding um, Jack DeBellin's hand through the whole legal stuff. What's the last of the Dragons, mate? It seems like uh, you, you never rest as a manager, you poor bugger. Oh, it's footy. Shane, I, I tell people now the job's no, not 24-7, it's 25-8. It's that little bit, bit yeah. extra. You know, the, the, the best thing you can do is expect the unexpected. Um, players mm-hmm. at times are going to... Uh, get themselves into strife. It's not the first time it's happened. I'll give you money back guarantee. It's not the last. So it's just <laughs> part of the job. Uh, you got to be there to support them. They put their trust in you when they come on board. And, and um, my theory is, yeah, you've got to give that 
trust back and you've got to work hard for them to um, not only uh, assist them but to protect them in, in many cases. Mm. And I'm just hoping against hope that they've all got their common sense hats on when they're in Queensland. Like the, the dramas with the Dragons, obviously the dramas uh, with the Bulldogs, individuals at other clubs. It's just a time in history where your actions or your inability to follow the rules affects the person next door, then the next door, then the next door, and they just need to know that. Yeah, I think so, Tim. And look, obviously you've got to learn from your mistakes and, and there's been a fair few guys have, have knocked on. Look, if we can get through this next period between now and the end of the season without any serious indiscretions, I, I, I'd be very happy. I'm sure the NRL would feel the same. Um, but in saying that, look, people make mistakes. They are human. Uh, footy players are different. It's, it's a brutal sport. You know, it's not your everyday job. So, you know, they do get wound up at times and need to relax. But there's a way to relax and there's a way to behave. And uh, hopefully, I, I think we've seen the last of it. A couple of big games coming up this round. One that I've got my eye closely on, being a Dragon supporter. Uh, the Dragons sitting in seventh position at the moment. Take on Manly, who are sitting at six. That should be a, a, a cracking game, I think. Yeah, obviously, Shane, the Dragons are decimated with suspension and, and the like. So it's going to be extremely difficult for them. I think they'll have a swing, but I, I would anticipate that Manly with, with Desi cracking the whip will be too good for him. Yeah, I, I, it depends a lot on whether Turbo gets through Origin 3 okay, doesn't it? Because they are absolutely hopeless without him or their, their proven record is or lack of, of proof. The, uh, the How they got beaten the other day and the manner in which they got beaten against Canberra. Uh, just finally, Ryan Pappenhausen, um, they're going to rest him another week. Uh, do you think he'll be back in the next couple, Steve? Yeah, pretty close, Tim. Um, Ryan's um, obviously had a... Uh, made a decision to take his time, which was which was the right decision. Um, so when Ryan gets back, you know the plan is that that you know this is the end of the the troubles and that he's fit and well and we can all move forward and and see you know one of the the, the best players in the game do his stuff. Mm. They're the team to beat, aren't they? The Storm. They look impregnable, don't they? They they're just yeah. You know, even when you think you know tonight's the night they're going to falter, they don't. Yeah. They're they're pretty pretty sharp. No, oh, he's a genius, Craig Bellamy, absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, I cannot wait to see Ryan Pappenhausen come back. He's a fantastic player. He's a great young man, and uh, we wish him all the best, as we do to you, Stephen. And uh, we'll talk to you real soon. The, the the number one player manager in the NRL. Bless you, guys. Hey, Shane, what's your kid up to? He hasn't signed anything yet, has he? Hasn't signed anything yet, mate. He, um, he's currently sitting on, I think it's 58 goals for the season, mate. So he's, he's tracking quite well, mate. But, uh, yep, you'll be the first guy he speaks to. How old is he? He's six. Has he got a signature? Does he know how to write his name yet? <laughs> <laughs> you can spell Tom. That's about it. That won't matter, Shane. We can, we can work through that. We'll do a doco sign with him. Dizzy sign, mate. Perfect. Well done. Thanks, mate. See you, guys. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, well, Silverstone this weekend, John Thompson has everything Formula One. Play Sport is calling Game On for a new way to play, a free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and well-being activities in your community. Just go to playsport.com. Play Sport, whatever moves you. Motorsport time, and uh, can Lewis Hamilton fight back? Our man, of course, is John Thompson. Tomo, uh, no one really predicted he'd be here at this time of the season. No, Tim. He's put in a huge effort, but the car's just not up to the fight with the Red Bull. The Red Bull machine is just so much better this year. 
you know, there's a lot of people from the Mercedes-Benz team have defected to Red Bull in the last three or four months. Well, defected. They've been lured over there with big pay packets. Mm. And that's really helped the Red Bull to overcome the, the supremacy of the Mercedes-Benz car that has been, in fact, there since the start of the hybrid era in 2014. So um, Verstappen's really on a roll. He's matured. His driving ability is much, much better, and he's able to um, to finish, if you like. He's able to make sure that he doesn't make those yeah. mistakes he was making in the last couple of seasons. Um, Lewis Hamilton's going to be in front of his home crowd this weekend at the British Grand Prix with full capacity. There's going to be 130,000 people there. Amazing to think that in the middle of, COVID with cases still going up in England, but that's going to be uh, the situation. So will that crowd be able to lift Lewis Hamilton? He's done some incredible things in um, Formula One cars in the past and driven from places where people would say that most other drivers would lose a Formula One race and he's been able Mm. to win them. That hasn't happened so far this year. Can he do it at Silverstone this weekend? Only time will tell. Uh, Danny Rick, mate, will he, can he continue his progress he made a few weeks ago? Well, I hope so, um, Shane. You know, he showed a lot of promise at both of the Austrian Grand Prix, if you like, the Styrian Grand Prix the weekend before and and the Austrian Grand Prix at the Red Bull Ring two weeks in a row. The first time, though, of course, he had a car problem. He fought his way from 13th on the grid up to 8th and then it all fell away. Um, there was some sort of ECU issue. Mm. And then two weeks ago, he um, he drove brilliantly. Some of his old passing mm. manoeuvres were back. He was able to get past drivers and really show some metal. And I think he was starting to get a feel for the car, finally. The big problem he's got is qualifying. He had two dreadful qualifying performances in Austria. But I think Silverstone's going to be a track that suits Danny Ricciardo. Mm. You know, he's shown that before. He does well at this track. He likes those fast, open, sweeping corners that Silverstone presents. And he should do better time than Lando Norris because he had his watch flogged when he was at Wembley the other day watching the Euros. That's right. <laughs> 75 grand watch. Now, just uh, Shane Van Gisbergen did well in Townsville on the weekend. They're back there, of course, because of COVID this time around. Yeah, well, the Red Bull team again, Red Bull and Paul Holden team at uh, Supercars is is doing the same thing that the Red Bull team's doing in, in Formula One. Uh, must be something about giving you wings or something. I don't know. But mm. uh, Van Giz, you know, the, they seem to have the right strategy. It was really a dominant performance by both uh, Van Gisberg and, and his teammate Winkup. Uh, Jamie Winkup, of course, it's his last full season of full-time driving in uh, Supercars and uh, he'll be retiring at the end of the year. Van Gisbergen's now got a commanding lead in the championship. He does particularly well at um, at Townsville. Um, you know, I think it's going to be very hard to beat again this weekend. Who'll take uh, Wind Cup's seat when he finishes at the end of the season? That's the $64,000 question, mm. Shane. Everyone's asking. Mm. That teenager? Yeah, that Brock teenager? Feeney. He is running in the Super 2 category for the Red Bull team. And he had a clean sweep at Townsville last weekend and he's leading the series Mm. and everyone's pointing towards that because, um, you know, Roland Dane has had a history of bringing on young talent. Um, Jamie Lincup was a discarded driver from another team when Roland Dane picked him up in the early days of Triple Eight and turned him into a champion. And I think he'll do the same with Brock Feeney. He'll be uh, a lot less expensive than buying in a star driver. Yeah, absolutely. And boy, oh boy, what about the ability? Uh, John Thompson, so nice to chat with you. We'll talk soon. Good on you guys. 
That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss us at all. A big thank you goes to our guests, Steve Gillis, Martin Tyler and John Thompson and our wonderful sponsor, Spartan Sports. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. And our brilliant producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow with a daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.